0: Do you do what you want to do? Or do you do what you need to do? Or a combination of both? Or none of the above? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Oh man, my lower lumbar region still hurts from shoveling. Yesterday, as the snow continues to fly here in the early part of 2022. Welcome back, my friends, to yet another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. I'll just throw the apologies right out on the table right at the start because yours truly hasn't been very podcast active. And I kind of have an excuse for that, which I'll get to a little later on in this episode. But closer to the beginning of this episode, I can definitely say that a good portion of time has been spent, especially over the past week, in doing nothing but shoveling snow. I mean, we have just had really, well, we had a kind of a mild winter from a snow accumulation perspective and then all of a sudden, right after the first of the year, we just got dumped on. I mean, just like big time. And on top of, uh, I think, was what was about 14 inches that fell a couple of weeks ago, we just got blasted with another storm, and so did about 20 other states. So it wasn't uh, particularly isolated to our region, but... I can say that the snow that had fallen first, which also had frozen, it was incapable of shoveling, and now we have all this new stuff on top of it. So here's the good news. I have a clear driveway. I have a path for the letter carrier to walk down the sidewalk, and when I have to go out through the front door to get the mail or do whatever, pick up a package, I have managed to clear a space for that as well. So that's pretty good. So I am, right off the top, very grateful to my neighbor, who, I guess, for all intents and purposes, sometimes can be kind of a dick. Um, but he has been very helpful because, one, he's a snowblower. And so that's pretty epic. And two, not only yesterday did he do the path on the sidewalk in front of the house, But he saved me just a buttload of time by doing a good portion of my driveway. So I just want to say thank you to my neighbor that I'm grateful for it. And even though you're kind of a douche sometimes, um, you know, that particular uh, act on your part is very much appreciated there. I think I mentioned my neighbor, Rick. Uh, In other episodes, but Rick has passed away and Rick lived a couple of houses down and he just loved his snowblower. I mean, most people who have snowblowers love them like they think that they are just like Zeus. You know, they're just no amount of snow can defeat the fact that they have this machine that just makes the snow fly in all directions and clears really quite an organized path. And this guy loved his snowblowers so much so that he would routinely do my driveway. And I would run out there, you know, with Donna and made fudge and I would bring him fudge and I mean, who's going to turn down fudge? But, you know, he would always say, you don't have to give me anything. I love being out here. You know, his his beard and his mustache were all coated with ice and white. I mean, he just loved his snowblower. And so I'm very grateful for my neighbor for doing that. And that really helped me a lot. I mean, it really helped my back because we have just been really inundated with snow lately. I've been having these episodes of not being able to go back to sleep. And, you know, when you're my age, I'm not really going to say how old I am. I don't know why I'm keeping it a big secret. But let's just say this, that when the Social Security Administration annual thing comes in your email, you're very concerned by looking at it, wondering what kind of impact it's going to have on your wallet in the coming years. That's all I'll say about age. Okay. But I sometimes, well, most of the time. Okay. Well, every single morning, I mean, I, you know, I got to pee multiple times in the night, you know, at least once. And so I can pretty much count on clockwork that regardless, if I go to bed at 1130 at night and, you know, I've taken care of business, I know that at 230, quarter of three, it's going to happen. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to sort of ride back and forth in bed. And and suddenly I'm just going to have to make the decision. OK, get up. And so the goal afterwards is to get back to sleep. And this has been quite problematic for me lately. And I don't know why. I think it's just that rather than just, you know, trying to go into, you know, zazen mode, I allow my brain to touch upon all these different topics. And the other night, I was kind of laying in bed afterwards and really couldn't get to sleep and was thinking about the fact that I am sleeping in a warm bed. And it just hit me that outside, it was like 12 degrees. We were on the verge of yet another Alberta Clipper There was snow in the forecast and I was laying in this warm bed thinking about all of the people who were not laying in a warm bed. Who were maybe in a warm space, but maybe they're in a shelter, or maybe, you know, their home lost power. And so, obviously, they didn't want to stay in their home for the third night in a row. So, maybe they went to somebody else's house. But, you know, that thing where you're kind of laying in a strange bed, in a strange room, or on a strange sofa, and it's not your space. And as I advance towards social security, I realize that. I value, you know, these familiar spaces. I'm grateful for these familiar spaces, and it's tougher and tougher for me to step outside of my comfort zone, even though I'm a huge proponent of stepping out of your comfort zone from time to time, if for no other reason to make you very grateful for the things that you have. So I was laying in bed thinking to myself about warmth and about the fact that Throughout a couple of these major storms, I had not lost power. And while I was thinking about not losing power, I began to roll on to the next topic because now my brain is when it was in severe active mode. I leaned to my left, look at the alarm clock and realize that I had been up for like 40 minutes and I just was not going back to sleep. My brain simply was not going to shut off, and I began to give some thought to this whole idea of wants versus needs, and is it better to want, or is it better to need, and really is better really even a term that should be connected to it. During one of my shoveling episodes, I was in the basement near the door that leads out into the garage and I was preparing myself. I have uh, several things that I like to include in this little area I call the mud room because it's not really a mud room. It's kind of where the washer and dryer are. But I feel like I can put all my stuff there, you know, in the corner, especially if you're out and about, it's wet or it's snowing, whatever. And I was kind of dressing and on a rack are a bunch of coats, you know, winter coats, spring coats, summer stuff that I moved down from the closet that's upstairs. And then when it approaches spring, I'll take those up and bring, you know, more wintry stuff down and hang it back on the rack. Well, there's a space on this rack for all of my motorcycle gear. And. I look at it from time to time because you know uh, you know my motorcycle gear is, I guess, important to me. Even though I haven't been riding, and I thought to myself, "Will I ever ride a motorcycle again?" And I have a good amount of gear, and the gear that I have is pretty good. I mean. I've heated pants and I have heated undergarments. And because I rode a Triumph, at least for the you know good portion of my riding life, I have some pretty nice jackets, you know, that have the Triumph logo on it. And I have some other things that aren't really affiliated with any particular motorcycle manufacturer. But Based on what the weather would be outside, I would wear that. And, you know, I wore a lot of orange, you know, just so I could be seen. Plus, I like the color orange. And so I was looking at all this stuff before I ventured outside with the shovel yet again. And I thought to myself, nothing would make me more pleased than to be able to jump on a motorcycle again, even though I don't have a motorcycle. But I also know that want is in direct combat with the fact that, you know, I'm the sole caregiver. And if something were to happen to me, if I were, you know, riding down a sublime country road and all of a sudden you know a deer shot out in front of me or somebody was texting his or her mate and they decided they just wanted to pull a left in front of me and I couldn't stop in time then who was going to take care of Donna and so was thinking about that day laying in bed staring at all of my motorcycle stuff wondering Was the thought that I hadn't yet made that decision the only thing was keeping me from putting all that stuff on eBay and selling it? Or did I really think that there was going to be a time in my life where I was going to be hopping on two wheels again and enjoying the bliss that is riding a motorcycle? I mean, there's nothing that even compares to it. There's nothing close. I mean, I got into some routine, you know, verbal fisticuffs with somebody who I used to go to high school with who I don't really know all that well on Facebook. And I mentioned something about a motorcycle and he went on and on about his convertible. And I'm like, okay, listen, dude, you know, I've been in convertibles. You can like convertibles. I liked a convertible. It was fine, you know riding with the top down on a 80 degree day. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was great, but it was nothing like a motorcycle. Nothing. Not even close. Apples and oranges. NFL versus high school football. I mean, not even close. Bud Light versus, you know, Great Lakes Brewing Company. Come on. Give me a break. You're surrounded by metal. You're not out there in the wind. You're dipping your little toe in the water there's no comparison so now i look at the clock again and now i'm you know i'm into the hour mode where i can't go back to sleep because now i'm thinking about warmth beds wants versus needs motorcycle i mean i was recalling certain rides that i had been on and you know, my mind was going in all kinds of different directions. I, you know, flipped on my stomach. Then I turned my head this way. That didn't work. Then I tried to count sheep. Then I kept thinking about some ride I did down in Amish country seven years ago with Brad. And, you know, it was just, my mind was just spinning like a top. So these wants and these needs, and are we doing them out of necessity? And then if we're doing out of necessity, then, you know, what's the driving force behind these things that we do out of necessity? I would say over the past year or so, maybe not quite a year, I started to kind of change a little bit the way I was eating. And the way I was drinking. And I decided that I didn't want to go on a diet per se, and I didn't really want to do a program. But I was sort of spurned on by the fact that I had actually been reading about a program, you know, this kind of like fasting thing. And it sounded obnoxious to me. And I couldn't imagine, you know, like not eating for 16 hours and then, you know, eating for eight hours, but not really eating all everything you want in eight hours. It's not like you can like, it's not like you're, you know, breaking the Ramadan fast and all of a sudden you're just piloting in all night until the sun comes up. I was thinking to myself, you know, I just don't know that I can do that. And then I thought, well, just do your own thing, you know, modify it, make it, you know, okay for you. And uh, so that's kind of what I did. And, you know, over the course of almost a year, I probably dropped about 30 pounds. And so I have a ways to go just because that's the way I kind of prefer to, you know, uh, I have a sort of a goal in mind. But what's been preventing me from sort of achieving this goal is the fact that (laughs) my modifications, you know, have become more moderate. (laughs) I should say my modifications have become more ample. And so now when it's 20 till 10 and I shouldn't be eating anything, Izzy and I are sharing a handful of, you know, Tostito chips. And I'm thinking, okay, I really shouldn't be eating these Tostito chips. Or, you know, it's 20 after 10 and I'm looking at this delicious beer that I'm halfway through and I'm thinking, you know, you if you're going to have beer, you should have had it at like five thirty or six o'clock at night. You really shouldn't be doing this. So because I've been taking these liberties, I haven't been nearly as successful, but I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? I mean, I know the point is, oh, hey, you know, you lost a few pounds. You're looking pretty good. You know, everybody craves, you know, maybe a compliment here and there. But I thought to myself while I was kind of tossing and turning and realizing quickly as the clock was going forward that, you know, I might even have to get up and pee again. I thought to myself, you know, why don't you look at it like you're Trying to be more healthy so that you can be around longer as the primary caregiver for your wife. So, on one hand, I was grateful for having come to that conclusion. And on the other hand, I was wondering whether I should have been grateful for coming to that conclusion because now. I am giving up motorcycling, and now I am putting myself through the torture of losing weight all because that's what I need to do, and not necessarily because that's what I want to do. And the problem, I guess, is that the people, for the most part, who are around you, family, people you follow on social media. Those people, for the most part, are doing things because they want to do them. I mean, somebody says, oh, I'm saving money to go on a skiing trip. You know, it's a five-day skiing trip. Okay, well, you're obviously you're putting some money back because you know you uh, this is something you want to do or somebody says hey you know the offer we put in on the house you know even the offer that we had to put in that was $37,000 more than the asking price because that's the way things are with the real estate market look we have our keys you know we wanted this new house you know they may not have needed to go to a new house but that's what they wanted to do so it's like the people that are around me are all doing these things because they want to do them. And I think, well, is it less than because I need to do them or feel that I need to do them? And so it bummed me out a little bit. And so now as the clock is kind of, you know, moving into the hour and a half region, and now I'm kind of writhing back and forth because now, you know, my bladder's reminding me that, uh-uh, uh-huh. you've been up, you know, it's almost time. I wonder, you know, can, can we learn a lesson about denying self By doing what we need to do only and not what we want to do. Now, I guess that probably answers itself. But I got to tell you, if you've never been on a motorcycle before, it doesn't answer that. You know, if you've never had a pizza oven pizza, it doesn't answer that. So I think, does less of doing what you want make the want things more gratifying. I mean, every once in a while, you have to do what you want to do. I mean, for instance, tonight, you know, it's been a while since I had a new beer. And so I want to stop somewhere, even though it's not a very affordable option. I want to stop at a new brewery that I've never been to. And take home a a crowler of something that I had never had from this brewery. Take it home, and you know, after my shower and and all that, sit in my comfy chair amongst the you know, knowing that it's nine degrees outside. And enjoy one of these beers and take a photo of it and upload it, you know, to Instagram and comment about it on, you know, the Ohio untapped app and that kind of thing. Because I want to do it. Does all of this denying yourself stuff or denying yourself and doing it because the reasoning might not be the best reasoning. Does it make these things? Things that you actually do want for those small amount of times that you acquire them and experience them. Does it make them more gratifying? Somebody said to me in an email, it might have been just after the new year, that the thing about caregivers is that, you know, they don't. Acknowledge that they need stuff, like they need time, that they need to have a break. And I haven't really admitted to myself that part of this caregiving journey because I've always kind of been operating over now the past three years since the diagnosis that we're kind of like at the early stage of things. And, you know, I so far have kind of managed, I mean, it's, there have been times where it's been kind of tough and, but I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. And, you know, it was brought to my attention that maybe I'm not doing as okay as I think that I'm doing. Now I'm incapable of being able to judge that completely because you know I'm headfirst into it. But this giving up motorcycling and and you know giving up foods that you enjoy and denying yourself those things is I mean, is that really the purpose? Because I feel all of those things are contributing to the big picture and then I should have my eyes on the big picture and not all these little small things like don't look immediately in front of you look in the distance and you know that should be the guiding force I don't know Wants versus needs and then last week Donna's had her art hanging at a couple of coffee shops sort of a chain of local coffee shops. Better put, it's a local coffee shop in Northeast Ohio that has a couple of locations, better put. And they have designed space on their wall for artists to hang their work. And so her work has been hanging for the last several months over several of these locations. Well, her time had run out at the end of the month, and we had to go out to retrieve all this art now i took it upon myself to do that i mean this is not something that she is in a position to do and probably wouldn't have reached out to people but we would stop at these coffee places on the weekends and i would see these other artists work and thought well her work can be up there and so long story short i reached out to someone and that was the case so we had to go retrieve all this art so we walked into a location, and there was a young girl working as a barista, and, and uh, you know, she was very friendly, and she had sort of the multicolored hair, and and she had a lot of tattoos, and she was fun, and and Donna, of course, has a little bit of pink, you know, in her hair, in her gray hair, and so, obviously, she mentioned how much she liked the color, and I said, well, hey, we're here to pick up, you know, the art, and uh, and so she looked at me, and I said, well, yeah, she's the artist. And... And, you know, this, you know, delightfully spunky, you know, uh, little lady said, you know, I have worked here for I don't know how many years. And of all the places that I've worked at with all the, these particular uh, coffee shop owners and of all the times that I've been in this location, I've never seen art that's been so enjoyable to look at while you're working than your art. And the look that was on her face was just, I couldn't have said anything or done anything that would have elicited that look that was on her face. I thought while I was writhing back and forth in bed, you know, that look could be justification for not Riding a motorcycle again because I want to be around to see the look on her face again like that. And if somebody pulls a left in front of me, I'll never see that look again. And so maybe that makes it all worth it. I don't know. So I'm grateful for that day. When that delightful little barista made that comment, and I'm grateful for having the warmth in my house that I have the money to pay for. Barely. I haven't seen February's bill yet, but (laughs) every time I go to the mailbox and see Ohio Edison, I'm like, I don't want to open this. And I'm grateful for my sometimes jackass neighbor who did me a solid, as the kids like to say, and saved my back at least for one snowstorm of the year. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for starting a new job. So... A client who I've done a lot of work for over the years had an opening, and some of the business has been going away. And it was a gift that's the way I'm looking at it so far. Hey, you know what? We always go into these things wide open, and I hope everything works out. You know, not everything is a home run, but when I was presented this opportunity, I really sized things up. I was very concerned about having to sometimes work outside of the home after being a caregiver and being able to work in the home for such a long time and knowing that, you know, in reality, um, my situation has been very agreeable based on our needs. And so I went into this with a little bit of hesitancy But I realized that the positives, at least for now, outweigh the negatives and decided to take advantage, you know, of this opportunity. And, you know, it's been brought to my attention. Hey, dude, at your age, I mean, you had this is a gift, you know, and I know that there's ageism out there. I get it. Sometimes you can wave your, hey, I have so many years banner in front of people and it doesn't matter one iota to them. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I hope it works out. And, But I'm going to be tough with it. You know, you have to be today. I'm going to be tough and make sure that the things that I want in this position, which brings up a whole other conversation. Well, are you in a position to use the want versus needs when it comes to this position? You need this position. And you know what? That's fodder for other mornings, maybe tomorrow morning when I have to get up and pee in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. I'll judge that one. But today I'm grateful for that opportunity and that opportunity and trying to get acclimated to that opportunity has cut into at least initially into my podcasting time, so I'll apologize ahead of time, and I'll try to be better at uploading more content, because I know you can't live without this content, okay? (laughs) You can't live without it. And you know what? On some levels, neither can I. So I'm very grateful that you continue to download And listen to this, the latest episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.